So fuck you, uh, Scott Foster. You can go fuck yourself. You're a terrible ref, and I know you're gambling, and I hope you get fired for it. That's all. Oh, it was in with 100 feet of a basketball court. Fuck. That's how they get you. He's going from shaving points to shaving head. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. Oh god! In the last uh, <laughs> private dicks, I was like, "Oh my god!" Good I thing bet. I'm editing these. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be so screwed. <laughs> Otherwise, people would know how much of a massive jerk I actually am. <laughs> uh, no, I'm out of context. I'm the biggest asshole in the world. In context, I'm fine. <laughs> in context, I'm funny. There's a difference. <laughs> Oh. oh shit dingus i didn't even say hi to you how's it going buddy hey how's it going i missed all you guys i haven't seen you in a long time especially cole i haven't seen cole in forever i know it's been a while it uh it has you hit me up and i was like oh yay other podcasting stuff because we barely even do like the sports show anymore life's been crazy but you know still kicking it in here and there and you know i'm sorry i'm gonna make you guys hate me for this episode which is my favorite kind of half my favorite part I am already bored. Part. I don't know a thing about sports. <laughs> I know nothing about sports. And as somebody who knows nothing about sports, I always thought Brady looked like a tool bag. You know, like <laughs> I women agree. were always exactly like, oh, what I was thinking. he's he is so hot. He's so handsome. I'm like, no, that is the definition of a douchebag. If I saw that dude on the street, I would avoid him like the fucking plague. That is like what the ultimate Chad looks like. It's like a foot. Oh, I don't Chad Supreme. Chad Supreme, honestly. Like, just, yeah, Supreme Chad. I only know about rugby and AFL. Do you guys, is not, is Josh Giddy not like a national fucking treasure over there? I love me some Josh Giddy. We got to, we got to, that's an Australian basketball player and he's in second year of his (laughs) uh, career and he's one of my favorites. He's an Aussie dude. Come on. Who does he play for? He plays for the, uh, the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know yep. who. Do you know who Josh Giddy is? No, we don't. No, that's okay. He's my Giddy, in- my Giddy aunt. I'm sure. I'm sure most Aussies just think he's a traitor if he's playing in the U.S. <laughs> no, they don't even have real basketball in the U- in Australia. They have like a basketball net that's on a stick, and it doesn't even have a that's- backboard. No, shut up. That's netball. We have basketball. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> The um, we have one of your basketball players on our AFL team, a tall ass, lanky, redheaded dude that plays for Collingwood. From America, yeah, he's from a fucker. I don't know much about international sports. I only know things about. Oh games. yeah, um, name some Australian teams. Yeah, that's actually of a fun of basketball teams. Yeah. Do you know any of them? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got Mason the. Cox. Oh, we got Nathan Cox. Mason. Mason Cox. That's the name of a team? The Mason Cox? No, that's the name of the American <laughs> that now works for. Oh. He plays for Collingwood. No, um, our our basketball team in, in Western Australia is um, the Wildcats. It sounds like a grade schooler made up that name, though. I was going to say, no. what team? Wildcats. 
Can we be the Wildcats? Can we be the Wildcats, Mrs. Uh, uh, Jansen? Can we be the Wildcats? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, and it's, yeah, they're huge over here. Like um, for other people, we don't watch basketball. Like we watch rugby because we like to watch people. Is that the only team in Australia, the Wildcats? No, we just know the WA team. There's the Tigers. Taipans. Oh, the Taipans? Yep, that's a good one. Um, But... I could name all almost all 19 rugby. Oh, hang on. Christy's got them. Hang on. Hang on. Christy's got them and she just said something like box jumpers, which makes me really happy. So oh, Jack Jumpers. Oh, Jack Jumpers. <laughs> Either way. Sounds awesome. I love you all. I love you all. Bye, Bye, Bye. I love you. Kings, Wildcats. Yeah, the Wildcats are our team. Oh yeah, Jack yeah, Jumpers. Those are like grasshoppers. Yeah, Jack jumpers. Yeah, yeah. Those are grasshoppers. Cans, ty- cans, tie pants. Crocodiles, 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 Falcons, Devils. Yeah. Do you watch sports, Christy? Which... Hi, Christy. By the way, hello. Nice Hi. to see you. Hey, Christy. Do you um, watch sports though? AFL and rugby. What is AFL like? Soccer? No, or... AFL is our footy. Oh, our footy. Australian that's right. Football. Isn't yeah. that soccer? No. I thought that was true, but Australian yeah, football is... is fucking badass. I didn't know how crazy that mm-hmm. shit was until they told me about it. I'm like, I start looking at it, I'm like, these people are going to hurt themselves. Somebody tell somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my team is um, the West Coast Eagles. And at the moment, we have so many fucking injuries. Like, like f- almost 50% of our team are out with fucking concussion, groin injuries, one guy completely ripped the bo- the muscle off his calf. Like, uh, just, yeah, it's it's fucked. Sports injuries are fucked. Do you guys, like, okay, do you, do you watch the sporting events, like, on a regular basis, Christy? Like, do you watch the AFL and the rugby? Their rugby team is called the Wallabies. No, that's the that's the national team. That's the Australian team. Uh, the Wallabies are the ones that play against the All Blacks, um, so the New Zealand team. The what? So there's like, the yeah, they're called the All Blacks. All what? <laughs> wow, I don't think we could call a team that over here. They call, they named themselves. Wasn't us. <laughs> I know, I know you didn't. I just, I was just really um, uh, shocked at the name of the the team. Know, that's awesome. But I'm a white guy. Can't play here. Well, they do have white guys on the team, which is which is quite funny. But um, so we have like the like world rugby. So Australians play against New Zealand and South Africa are really big in rugby as well. So we have like the world. Um, it's sort of like, sort of like um, the soccer World Cup, but we have like the rugby World Cup. So our team's the Wallabies, and then we have just the Australian League, which is who I who um, Bo and I watch, which is um, our team's the Rabbitohs. Um, you say that? Sorry, sorry. Maybe it's accent. Rabbit hose? Ra- yeah, so rabbit O's. Rabbit so hose. Rabbit hose? Rabbit hose. Like the rabbit? Like rabbit? Like rabies? Like, and then yeah. hose. Whores. Like a lot of dicks. Rabbit whores. <laughs> rabbit hose. That's is that fine. what you're saying? Um, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing this as a, like a children's cereal right now. Like rabbit O's, you know? <laughs> Not where I went. Not where me and Celeste went at all, but good for you. Breakfast. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I love names of shit. At the time. I do watch them. We also have a contest called the State of Origin, which is between Queensland and New South Wales. So 
New South Wales are the Blues and um, Queensland are the Maroons and they have like a contest each year for the state of origin and our team's the Blues. So we go for New South Wales. That's a cool name, state of origin. Yeah, because rugby in Australia originally started, it did start in New South Wales, but Queensland (laughs) like, like to think that it started in Queensland. So that's how the state of origin all started because Australians like to fight over things. So we're like... Let's have a whole competition about. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And you guys don't watch sports like Celeste and Sarah. Nope. Oh no. Not at all. Do you oh, like play no. sports games at all? <laughs> that like was a hard shutdown. I played rugby in high school, and then volleyball in junior high. That's it. So you know some sports. I played basketball like you're like... as a kid, but <laughs> I shut some hoops with my dad. That's cool. I played netball and did ballroom dancing. So ballroom dancing. Yeah, I was a champion. You're, no, I get it. That's a, wait, that's a really difficult sport. <laughs> you're a champion ballroom in ballroom dancer? Yeah, I've got medals and mean? everything. What does that mean, though? Please explain. I won, com- I won competitions and stuff. Are there people betting? You should see like, her do, you do people... the foxtrot. It is obscene. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there like like there's like a Chinese dude in a circle and you guys are all like, everyone's like cheering oh, you guys on, like taking bets in the back, like $5 if the... she does the pirouette. <laughs> The ballroom dancing is like, have you guys ever watched Dance Mums? Yes, like, unfortunately, the, yes. Like the ballroom world is just as intense. Like that's why I ended up leaving because I'm like, I don't actually give a shit about any of this and neither the do Abby my parents. Lee dance company. You know, my parents didn't care either. I'm just, you need these types of shoes and you got to wear these types of dresses. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no thanks. So the, as a child, you were a championship ballroom dancer. Yeah, That's I amazing. stopped when I was like 12. So, do you ever have like, like did you stop because of like you didn't like it anymore? Or just it ends at 12. No, then it becomes like, I, oh, no. they're too old for the judges. They don't want to look at them anymore. <laughs> 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 well, it's, it's actually, that's actually pretty funny because the guy that the teacher that I used to learn from later on in life, he actually got arrested for child pornography. Shocker. That's kind of where Shocker. I was like, Ooh. I legit thought you were going to be like, funny story. That's why I left. He touched me inappropriately. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, no. okay. that's why i that's why i've been diagnosed with ptsd my ballroom <laughs> dance teacher abused me just yeah. just christy's like oh i remember now we like shook it out of her she's <laughs> in the right now years of hypnotherapy undone by this <laughs> yeah did you so i've forgotten so okay i i figured out oh. like you and Bo sit down and like watch rugby and footy like every week or are you guys like just randomly here? What's there? Like, are you guys big? No, I watch the, um, we watch, we've been watching the rugby every week. There you go. So you, we, it's big enough then I, if you watch every yeah. week, like you're paying attention. I find, and we're going to a, um, we're going to a game in August when they come to Perth. And Cole Blenner's here with us today too. Uh, he's be my rugby team. I will say Before about, we get real so. professional, sorry, Christy, you look fucking amazing today. Oh, I don't know if it's you. your makeup. I don't know if it's just like I'm not wearing any makeup. You. Well, I don't know what it's going on, but you are glowing today, and I am here for you. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. I feel really good. You, you look, look really, really good. good. You look like you feel good. You feel Guys? like you look good. Mm. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> and we, we have Cole here today with us too, and Cole Cole's been on the show in the past. Uh, he got my beard. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he's also has his own sports podcast. That's why I'm asking a lot of questions about sports. Okay, so Cole definitely watched sports, right? 
Well, I, well, I would hope so. He has a sports yeah. podcast, so I would hope that he actually does. I've never watched a game of anything in my life. I'm going right. to start. That's the best way to be an expert, completely unbiased. Never watch a game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this LeBron James it. guy sucks. <laughs> I love every team. Okay, well, that's good. Do you guys ever gamble on your sports? Uh, so legally in the United States, I have to say that I do not solicit gambling advice uh, to my followers, uh, but 1,000 fucking percent. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I have prize picks, FanDuel, Sleeper, all downloaded on my phone. Um, I bet sports anytime I'm up in Deadwood. It just became legal to do online gambling here. We could we had a workaway of like playing like pick games that you could like, you know, spend money, win money. But it finally got legalized here in South Dakota. So, yeah, I've been pretty bonkers on it <laughs> recently. That's, hey, man, that seems healthy. You know what I mean? That seems great. Gambling from your the comfort of your post-jerk-off bliss. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Seems like the greatest time to gamble. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't do it pre-nut because you're going you're gonna to pick a lot of compensating bets. Afterwards, you're like, you know what? Maybe he doesn't go for 28 points. So, <laughs> What's the most you've ever won, though? Yeah, that's a good yeah, question. Yeah, what's what's your what do you, what are your odds so far? Are you up or down? Uh overall, I think probably all time I'm smidgenly up. I know on prize picks, it's the one that tracks it. Um I've done eight hundred dollars in deposits lifetime and I've won over five grand. So won some money on there probably in the past year or so. Uh just doing, nice. you know, yeah, five, ten bucks here and there, little parlays, and when they hit it's it's nice. Yeah, it's good. Mm. I think I think that you can gamble healthily, right? I think people can do that. I don't really gamble. Do you guys gamble at all? Like Celeste, like to play poker or anything like that? Scratch tickets? Yeah. With a face like mine, I can't play poker. But yeah, like you'd I, be amazing yeah. at it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're pretty. <laughs> you would yeah, be the rest so good. Bitch face, but I'm also really expressive. Yeah, no. Uh, casino. Sometimes I, I really like bingo. That's actually like my guilty <laughs> I love bingo. I love bingo. <laughs> Me too. Hell yeah. <laughs> Good. That's yeah. amazing. I'm just picturing it a bingo hall with like 40 fucking things. Like... With all, yeah, my cards <laughs> and all my dabbers yeah. and yeah. little like Kino cards that you can buy, and they're called balls. So when you win, you have to scream balls. Oh, that's awesome. I love, yeah. I love, I love bingo, Celeste. I love bingo, I'm like Celeste. Screaming at the old lady at the table next to me. I'm like, you thought it was yours. It's mine. These balls are mine. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch stole my dabber. Yeah. Any gambling for you there, Dingus? Nothing. Oh yeah, definitely. Like we'll we'll try to play the Powerball and uh, we'll get scratch tickets and stuff. My mom is the worst about wanting scratch tickets all the time, (laughs) so it's pretty easy. It makes like Mother's Day and her birthday pretty easy. Just get her like a fifty dollar scratch off ticket, and she's happier than a pig and shit. I love this. I think we all gamble at some point. Like I love that we're all different kinds of gamblers. Like, do you gamble at all, Christy? Um. Not really. Just with my life. (laughs) Just with their sanity every single day. Uh, Yeah. I'm a mother of four kids, mate. I gamble with with everything every day, so. I love how that's what you took from that. What I took from what you said is you have to go out of your house in Australia. Like, that's gambling your life. Right? Right? (laughs) Like, just living in Australia is a gamble Mm. with your life. I've got to go to the shops later and get some bread. So odds are, you know. So if I'm not back, I love you. (laughs) Two to one, I'll get bitten by a snake. (laughs) That's cool. The snakes, the spiders, 
<laughs> is that how you guys' health insurance works down there? Do you guys have like a gambling option since it's socialized? I wouldn't know about this. But uh, do you guys have like an odds option? Like you can like, you know, throw it down. They're like, all right, two to one, you broke your leg. But, you know, 50 to one, you might have a blood clot. What do you want to put some money on? You know, is that an option? Oh, well, you can there? actually, when you go traveling, like in the outback and stuff, you can actually up your um, private <laughs> health. You can. I know you can. You can. Your- That's why I'm laughing. Oh, when in Australia you have like a native native animal like clause, like if you get <laughs> if you get bitten by a snake. Is that, that really is a fucking thing? Native... Oh my god. My Wait, day's made knowing that. Hold on, hold on. It's a native animal clause? So this is specific to Australian creatures. Yeah, if she doesn't check her boots before she puts them on and gets bitten by a spider and dies, she doesn't get covered. She's done. Richard, though, my, the reason that I bring this up <laughs> is because <laughs> if it's an Aussie spider, then I do. But if it's like some fucking oh, so Venezuelan spider. So yeah, the reason that I bring like- this up is because Bo was like, I'm going to fake my death with a pig. Pigs aren't native. She has to <laughs> no, fake her death covered. with a dingo. <laughs> yeah. But what is really Did- native to Australia? The island. The indigenous people. They were, well, all the spiders and snakes and shit were here before the convicts arrived, so. <laughs> hey, you don't know that. Maybe they brought them over in their pockets. <laughs> Maybe Pocket they brought them over as punishment. Yeah. Man, I love I love that we're all gambling in different ways. Like, Christy's gambling her life. She's got the biggest stakes, but, like, bingo's <laughs> kind of fun. Uh, I, I'll play poker every once in a while. I'll, I'll take a scratch ticket. I don't buy them, but, I mean, I don't really gamble. Probably should. It's make watching sports more fun. Dingus is powerball do you ever get like close to the powerball you ever think you're gonna win the powerball like you ever get like the last number you're like no you piece of shit powerball and throw it <laughs> i don't i don't think we've ever gotten that close but usually like we'll get the numbers and then like we'll we'll all talk about like what we're gonna do when we hit it and like then we never get close That's cool. and so that it's like it, it can be slightly disappointing but also kind of funny you know because like you talk it up for like hours you know and then it's like oh shit we didn't even get close i think that i think that's part of what gambling is for is like the fantasy of winning definitely that's part of it so that makes sense i wish i could do what cole was talking about though like if when i went into the er they were like all right 50 50 chance you gotta pick this or this and like if i get it right then like i don't have a hospital bill like that shit would be awesome that is kind of fun that's a fun that's a fun way to gamble and honestly i think the house would always still win so hospitals adopt this like yeah, when they misdiagnose you yeah it wasn't a heart yeah. attack it was an anxiety attack yeah. <laughs> so all right tough luck uh play next time Thirty-five thousand dollars, please. Definitely, you guys should definitely start doing that because then people will actually start getting healthcare. Like, and you won't have to pay for it. <laughs> I know. How much more for profit can you go for the medical industry in America than to add gambling to it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so American. It probably like it's that is great. that is that's the most American thing. Yeah, you can start smoking in the lobbies again. You know, <laughs> fuck it. Let's just go back to the fifties. That's what half this country wants, anyways. Is just to go back to segregation. next to the Starbucks that's in the hospital is also a gun shop. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh... McDonald's, Starbucks, gun shop, and then I don't know. Probably insert something American after this. I'm failing to think of a fourth one in the sea of anything. That's okay. a room <laughs> where little la- little old ladies can go with Celeste to play bingo. <laughs> I was thinking like a very small school in case you need something to shoot at. 
that's right. I, actually, my next joke really was going to be was a child casket store, but I thought that might have been too dark. Um, yeah, we carry all sizes. We carry all sizes, five to sixteen, because once they hit high school, we just put them in the normal caskets. Don't like worry, it's like... still going to bankrupt your family. That would very be very convenient, like a one-stop shop when you go to the hospital. It's like, oh shit, you know, it's it's yeah. terminal. You've got three days to live. Okay, well, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to shop for a casket while I'm down there. And that but just, could you think about that? Like right afterwards, the doctor comes and he's like, listen, I'm I'm so sorry about your mom. Now, I can't imagine what this is like, but here is a 25% <laughs> off coupon for Eddie's caskets downstairs. <laughs> and if you, and here, oh, here's a pair of dice. If you roll a seven, we'll make it 50% off. Is Go. that off? Yep. <laughs> Big money, big money, big money. This big one's money, for you, money. Mom. I know it's too soon, but... Yeah, but that's, right. you just let Mom roll it. You let Mom roll it. And then if she loses, you can be like, fucking bitch. Whatever. Then you're not... Put this on her estate. So, all right. So that means only Cole would really know this. So do you guys know... Well, maybe you guys know. Do you guys know what, like, a point spread is when it comes to sports gambling? Like a point yes. spread? Like a spread? I know what Cole does. The other three. <laughs> spread. <laughs> <laughs> No idea. <laughs> uh, um, no idea. That's okay. We're gonna explain it. So, okay, let's hear. It. Let's hear the guess for sure. Let's hear the guess. A point spread. Okay, is it when you can bet a certain amount on money on like if your team's going to get this many points or this many points or this like you close, can, like, close sort of You're... spread spread your bet out instead mm-hmm. of putting it all on. My team's gonna win by seventy five points, and you only put it on that. Like it's it's kind of like that, but it's more like a thing to like. It's like a handicap for like the underdog team in order to make the betting more balanced. So like, if you know a team's oh. way better than the other in basketball, especially, you'll know like this team's way better than that team. Like for example, okay, I wrote an example here to make it easy for it. So let's say there's a football game between the unethical bushes versus the Dicky Privates. All right. The unethical bushes are favored to I win want to by see seven that game points. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a banger. Yeah. Dicky privates. <laughs> <laughs> so the unethical bushes are favored to win by seven points. One touchdown ahead. So the point spread in this case would be minus seven for the bushes and plus seven for the privates. So if you bet okay. on the bushes. And they win more more than seven points, then you get your bet. If they lose, or if they win only by seven or less points, then you they lose. So you'd have to bet for the private side. It's just a way to like even okay. out betting, so you don't just bet for the best team every time, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's teams that have close spreads, and it's pretty easy to just bet on the winner. So like sometimes it's like a one point spread or two points, so it's like harder to bet. You know what I mean? You you could bet that way, but most of the times you could just bet the best team, and then that'd be the end of it. Yeah. So I don't gamble. Not super into sports. I feel like this is a waste of good old hard-earned dollar. Honestly, I, I find I don't really get. Like I said, I will play poker with my friends. But it's the that's best gambling it. you can do because you could actually research it, Richard. No, other, I just, other, yeah. other than like Keno, they know where I'm just throwing it in the fucking machine. No, I can actually look this up and have like I don't know. I feel like I've done well enough because I can actually look into it. The only other game sure. I like is blackjack. For that reason, for sure, for sure, and and I think <laughs> it's definitely less of a chance because you can look at the teams, like you said, you can look at the teams and their for sure where they're sitting and stuff like that. Whereas opposed to throwing all your coins into a a slot machine and just hoping for the best, 100%. which I still do, but yeah, 
100%. And I'm not against it, really. It's just the way I think of it. People want to gamble, have fun, give her. Your money's your money. Just me, I go like, oh, that could have been something else. Or I've won gambling too. And I go, yeah, this is awesome. And then the fucking rush subsides <laughs> and you go, wait, oh, wait, that was awesome. Don't do it again, Richard. Don't do it again, Richard. Don't do it again, Richard. <laughs> Remember the cigarettes? Remember when you said you could smoke one cigarette? <sighs> <laughs> so anyway, so now we understand sport or point spreads it should be easy to understand this episode uh it's the nba playoffs right now hopefully it's still probably going on by the time this goes up because it's just the beginning so we got lots of time uh so i'm going to tell you about a guy a referee in the nba his name was tim donahy question yep what is the nba that is the national basketball association so that is where lebron james and kobe bryant and all those names that i know you must have heard michael jordan all these guys used to play or the do guy so that died in the helicopter. helicopter crash who's the other guy uh let's shoes. do kobe Bry- or lebron oh you got you're just doing shoes that's fine LeBron. You still uh, and, well, sex effect i've just made no. an entire fucking movie about shoes yeah, about yeah, like, inventing the Michael Jordan shoe. Like, yeah, for come sure. on. Uh, I'm telling you right now, that is uh that movie will be good. And there's a I'm reason sure why yeah, there's a reason why they made that movie because basketball is super popular in the US, like unreal. I think it's the second most popular sport behind baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or football, no, sorry. Football, football, football basketball, sorry. and then baseball, yeah. And then baseball, yeah. Yeah, that movie will crush. And Michael Jordan too, which so you guys know these guys, just even if you don't know what they did, you know they exist. Yeah. So that famous, well, that right? they did. Oh, yeah. Until a helicopter took him out. Rest in peace, Kobe. And pouring one out for you. Kobe, I just thought a free throw or some shit. I don't know. He was a rapist, so. Alleged, I think. Alleged. He, alleged. He settled out of court. Come but on, I mean, come I, I'm, I'm on board with, like, you probably dink this girl. But, I mean, he's also super famous. Like, it's hard Again, to was. be, like. <laughs> When you die, do you lose your famous? No, you just lose your present tense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Tim Donahue. So you guys get that NBA? We're good. We can move. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for this. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, he's a ref in the NBA for 13 years until 2007 when his whole world crashed down around him. Dun, dun, dun. Donahue was caught using his power as an official. <laughs> You did that on purpose. Yeah, I did. For sure. Yeah, Donahue was caught using his powers as an official to shave points off games. Oh, no. He was shaving the spread. He was. He was shaving. So one person's a spreader and one person's a shaver. Just like you and me. <laughs> this is, we were born to do this, Celeste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he this was to feed his gambling addiction and pay off his massive gambling debt he had with the mafia, according to the FBI. Whether it's true or not, we'll find out in a bit. Before we get into that, let's talk about this guy a little bit first so we can understand who he is. So Timothy Francis Donahue was born in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Haverton? Havertown? Did you just, did you just say Timothy O. Francis? Tiffany, Tim, Timothy Francis Tiffany. Donahue. <laughs> Timothy, God damn it! <laughs> Tiffany's better. <laughs> Tiffany O. Francis Donahue. <laughs> Timothy Francis Donahue. Got it. Was born in Haverton, Havertown, Pennsylvania, January seventh, nineteen sixty-seven. Uh, Havertown or Haverton is a suburb of Philly, and it's just nine miles west of the center of Philadelphia. So that's I don't know five kilometers. I didn't write it down. I should have. 
where? Five kilometers west of Philadelphia. So like Haverton's just outside Philly is what I'm trying to say. That's all. Oh, but not east Pennsylvania. Didn't you say Pennsylvania? Yeah. Born and raised. On playground, he's spent most of his days chewing out Max and relaxing all cool. Richard, Richard's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Me, I'm leaving I, you guys. Hanging, <laughs> out, hanging out with Tiffany outside the school. Yeah. When a, when a couple of guys, they were up to no good, started refing games in his neighborhood. His dad's name was Jerry, and he was an official as well. Um, that's all I got to rap. 666, I'm from hell. Okay, I got nothing. Let's do this. <laughs> got no game. So, yeah, Tim's father was an official. Also a, refer- a referee. High school, college level basketball. Jerry Donahue was a well-respected official. A refer over 40 games in the like college level. So high profile games, like he did the NCAA finals four different times. He officiated the NCAA uh, final four, four different times. And he also officiated the NCAA finals a couple times as well. So this guy, NCAA's college basketball. So that's pretty high level. It's just underneath what NBA would be like. It's fucking interchangeable almost, you know? So well-respected in the officiating landscape. Tim says he got his love from for basketball from his dad. Uh, all through his high school years at Cardinal O'Hara High School, Tim played competitively. When Tim puts together his media kit when working for the NBA, he said that he was an all-star basketball player in high school. So, like, when you become an official, like, they still have, like, you know, they have trading cards for hockey players and basketball players and shit like that. Like, they still have that information for officials, which I find hilarious. So, if you want to look them up, there's a media kit. So, he they submit their own, apparently. And he says he's an all-star basketball player. After his arrest, when the media and the law really start looking into him, they found out he wasn't. He just rode the pine the whole time. He, like, sat on the bench. He played on the team, but he never actually got any minutes. He just liked to say he was like, I was an all-star. But there's a there's a trading card for this bench warmer? No, I'm just saying, like, they have the same type of information on the website oh, or cards. Like, I bet kit. you there's a... Yeah, for his media kit, which I find hilarious that the refs get that much attention and... Like, I guess you would because it's national sports. You just, like, really have to make up a media kit. Like, my name's Tim Donahue from Philly. Like, that's all you really need. Do you need anything else than that? I guess so. I don't think anyone would know this man's name if not for whatever the fuck you're about to tell us about him. So Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 100%. Uh, Actually, in the NBA circles, they would. Like, if you were watching the sports, because he was definitely controversial. But other than that, no. He was a controversial ref? Doesn't that just mean you suck? There is, there is. There's one Scott Foster right now who's fucking horrible, and he's getting reference to Tim Donahue because well, so he hasn't officially fixed games, but yeah. Uh-huh. Well, by biased against certain teams, biased against certain teams. You get a track record, obviously you ref games, and once they kind of start noticing, like the fans will notice, hey, this guy refing against, uh, you know, LeBron James is LeBron James is ten and thirty lifetime against him and that's where they kind of start to notice referee biases like fans have access to that so sorry just a small sports nerd oh, sure. there, no, don't but... apologize that's great information yeah yeah like no we actually do like pretty intensely follow some officials but only if they're bad only if they're bad for sure and scott foster is mentioned a little bit later in this because he is such a fucking arsehole i paid attention more to referees in like ufc fighting oh that's my god me too. Most... that's what i was gonna say that's probably the most that i've ever followed herb, a sport herb too dean. is ufc herb fighting. dean thank you thank you yeah herb dean I that is the man right there Mar- is it mario mario yamasaki yep, yep because mario i'm like yamasaki. Because yep. his first name is Italian and then his last name's Japanese. I'm like, that's so funny. <laughs> I love him so much. 
I guess that's a thing more than I think. Like, I don't, like I said, I'm not a super huge sports fan. I do like basketball, but like, I didn't really understand that people would follow refs. So you're doing it in UFC. So I'm guaranteed there's people doing it for every sport, I guess. Then now that you're saying that, now I'm thinking about it more. But anyways, his media kid's full of shit. He says he played high school basketball. He sat on the bench, not really doing anything. As uh, his coach said, like when they interviewed his coach from high school, he said he worked really hard, but didn't get minutes. So like it's his coach saying this. It's not just anyways. Aww. Yeah. As a, but you could do that. If you find out someone did something shitty and then you could just say you hated them the whole time, even if they weren't that bad too. You know what I mean? Like they're not talking to him before he did the bad thing. So anyway, so as a kid, even into adulthood, Tim was described by many as having an abrasive confrontational personality uh, described as a feisty competitor and also something of a jerk that's quoted. Right. Yeah. So in the two thousands before this scandal, Donahue was visited by police many times for some pretty poor behavior. Uh, he had citations for disorderly conduct, for obscene gestures and or language. That's how, that's how they said it, and or language. So I don't know if he was flipping someone off or... I didn't know you can get in trouble for that. I didn't know you can get trouble for flipping someone off, especially in the U.S. Or calling them oh, a fucking... Oh, you, you see the police system here is really just put to put certain people in jail... Uh, undesirables in society, as some would put it. Yeah, this is a white so, guy from Philly. Yeah, but if you if the cops just don't like you on a personal level, they That's either true. let or or like you. Yeah, welcome to America. So he had citations for that, which I didn't think was a big deal, but maybe it's because of the next few that he had citations for for public stalking <laughs> and harassment. So maybe the the other ones came after um, the first one. What is what is public stalking versus private stalking? I don't know. It was said public stalking, so I put it. So maybe like private stalking, you could stalk someone, I guess, from your own house. I don't know. Just stalking, I guess. Probably the ability to trade it in some way and gamble on it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, like public stalking. Market. He's actually out there, and he's like his fucking trench coat, and he's like peeking out from behind bushes and just like following them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah privacy. Uh-huh. You call someone's house, and you're like, "Hey, those are really nice curtains." Are those? <laughs> Yeah, you're oh. just stalking them from a like from a phone or like internet. Ooh, yeah. I know what your drapes look like. Yeah, so his assault charge was he was assaulting another NBA ref. So I, I don't really know what that means, but I think he punched probably some of that or something. But he never lost a job for it. So I don't really know what the incidents are exactly. I just got a brief on that. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to put it in, but I can't really explain it further. Sorry. The NBA in the early 2000s was a lawless wasteland. Like, uh, there was a guy who choked a coach, and he got suspended, like, five games. Like, like on national television. For sure. Wow. We'll talk about some wow. some lawlessness that happens on national television in a couple minutes here. So that's where we're at, though, in this dude's career is, like, the early 2000s? Because I was just about to ask what year that was. Yeah, it's, it's before the... They said it didn't really get, that's what I mean. They're not giving me specific years. So I'm just throwing out... The, I'm just trying to give you guys this guy's personality. Gotcha. He's, like, a kind of an asshole, okay. you know? Pretty th- yeah. like lies specifically lies about his life just so people thinks he's cooler than he he's just wants to be one of the guys and he's not he's a little dink he's a ref you know what I mean like chill out ref little guy syndrome is he exactly is he yeah he's not big no not at all cool. so little Tommy D- Donahue is literally what it says on my script right now little Tommy Timmy <laughs> Donahue uh, Tiffany Donahue graduates high school in 1985 and he's headed to Villanova University. Uh, even though he was caught trying to cheat on his SATs, uh, he tried to get someone else to go take his SATs for him. That tracks. And then uh, how much trouble would you get into that? Get into for that, like Cole or you're the only American or Dingus. Uh, like if someone tra- caught you SATs, like what would you, 
would you ever be able to go to college? Would you be able to retake that test? Like how much trouble would you get into for that? Oh, um, I mean, I don't know for sure, but my understanding was that you would have to wait several years to take it again. Like you'd be barred from it for a long time. Well, the crazy part is, is the, uh, it like, if you get caught cheating on the SETs, probably criminally, I imagine it's probably just a minor charge, like a misdemeanor, but that doesn't stop you from taking the ACT, which is actually more prevalent in like my part of the country, uh, like the Midwest. The SAT, SAT is more, I think, coastal, if I remember right from high school. It's more like, if you want to get to Princeton or like, you know, something on the east or west coast, yeah. But it, it, it'd be a misdemeanor at the end it's, of the day. You wouldn't be kicked out. Like, Timmy didn't get in any trouble uh, at all. No one even really cared. They just said, hey, don't do that. Uh, I think it helped, though, that his mom was a professor at Villanova University. Um, oh. So that probably helped him out a little bit. Sorry, um, I thought... The SATs were something literally every high schooler takes, regardless of anything. No, Tennessee is the same way. We take the ACT instead of the SAT. Okay. Well, but isn't it? It's all about the level of school you want to go to. Okay. But it's not required to take it? So, like, Ivy League schools. Well, I, I was required to take the ACT. But, like, it all depends on what college you want to go to. Some colleges will require you to take the SAT versus the ACT. Some won't. So, like, a lot of Ivy League schools want you to take the SAT. Okay. But let's say you don't you don't want to go to college. You just want to graduate high school. It's not, like, mandatory to take it to finish high school. No. It would be for whatever is in your area. So, like, in my area, I had to take the ACT. Did I have to pass it? No. Oh, really? They made you guys take it? Yeah. yeah we don't have to in Australia. Like, we can just, you can choose, we do, we do tertiary entrance exams. So, TEE. TEE. And when you're doing year 11 and 12, you can choose to do TEE subjects or non-TEE subjects. So when I went to high school, okay. I just I just did all non-TEE subjects because I had no desire to go to university. Okay. I think then it wouldn't it wouldn't be any kind of criminal charge or really any kind of penalty at all to have somebody try to take it. I'm I'm not saying it's I don't think it's criminal. I just think that if you got caught doing that, you wouldn't be allowed to do it again. Like it's not like you go to jail or get fined or anything like that. But just, I don't I, like I don't even yeah. understand how to like you said he tried to get someone else to take it for him. So someone yeah, else just walked in and said, Hey, I'm Tiffany Donahue. Happens I'm all doing the this. time. There, yeah, there are literally people yep. that do this professionally. They take <laughs> wow. yes, yes, people professionally. Yeah, from, wow. from what yeah. I understand, it's like a big gym and you have like a student number and you're not, it's like everyone's in there. It's not like just your class or whatever. It's like 150 people in this big ass room just taking this yeah. test. So it's like, you could see you to be anonymous, right? But if you get busted mm. doing something to shady to try and get into a better school, I would assume it's fucking trouble. That's, that's all. I just don't know the consequence for that. You know, I was just wondering if you guys would, but I, I know Tim got no consequence, which I find hilarious because his mom's a fucking professor at Villanova. So she spoke for him anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, being at Villanova, too, in his media kit, he said that he was the starting pitcher for the baseball team, uh, which was very untrue as well. So this is the kind of guy this guy is. Did he play baseball? No, not even. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a liberal arts major. <laughs> a liberal arts major. <laughs> a, a serving degree. And he, he got graduated in eight, uh, 1989 with a bachelor's in sales and marketing. So he was going into sales. And he saw how that would be shitty. And he complained about it a lot. I don't want to be a salesperson or marketer. What am I doing? And his parents finally sat him down and were like, why don't you just try and become a, a referee like your dad? Huh? I know you like basketball. Just be a referee. 
not that hard, you know? So that's what he did. He decided, you know what? I'm not getting into sales. I'm going to ref high school games. Yeah, but what do you learn in sales, man? Fake it till you make it. That's true. And while he was working at a funeral home during the day, he was doing basketball games in the evening. <laughs> so that's how he started his dream. What? What? What was his role there? Uh, probably just a guy greeting people. That's all. Like I don't. I, he wasn't there for long. Refing the funerals. Refing the funerals. <laughs> Yellow card. <laughs> I mean, you should have known this without like sports people on here, Richard. They were like, oh, wait, funeral home. Wait, that's more our demographic. What's up? <laughs> funeral home. Yeah, so he started to take all the necessary steps to become a professional referee right off the bat. His biggest step he took was having a dad who was already respected in the profession, uh, a dad who could pull some strings for him, really. Like I said, he was 20s, working at the funeral home. He got his first refing certificate, started refing high school games. Then he started college games at a young age, like 24. I think he's already refing college games, which is crazy. Another thing that gave him a leg up is Cardinal O'Hara High School, where Tim came from, like churns out a bunch of NBA refs for whatever reason. There's like eight or nine refs from that high school, specifically from Philadelphia in the NBA or have been in the NBA, which is a lot for if you think about how many actual people are in the NBA and how many people are in America. If you got eight from one school, that's fucking lots. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Well, and their careers last forever too. Like, so. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So they always, and I think it's partially because of the, what's the word that I like, Celeste? Um, sorry, what? I wasn't listening. That is, <laughs> that is a word I do like a lot. <sighs> Loads? Nepotism. Nepotism. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. We're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nepotism. I was close. Do you guys have like specific high schools if you're like, I want to play baseball? when I'm older. So I want to go to this high school because they have a... I'm sure. Yes and yes and no. There's schools that are more prominent for it. Um, like Modern Day in Los Angeles is the one I'll give you. Modern Day High School has been known for athletics for years. Um, yeah. But there's not usually... There are a couple programs that are like that. They're like secondary schools. or fit, uh, they, they have like different you know kind of names. But they're all high schools. But some of them do specialize. But mostly it's public schools who have a lot of big money donors that just right. keep attracting it over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. We have a couple of high schools in Perth that are like known as the sports high schools. So like if you want to get into footy or whatever, you go to that high school um, and you, the AFL know about the schools and then they go to those schools and do like training days and the U.S. is way crazier, though. They have, like, a whole high school ranking system where, like, every high yeah. school that's really known for basketball or whatever sport, they'll just be, like, already ranked. Like, people come out to games to see these kids play. Like, different yeah, places amazing. have different – yeah, it's it's it, it's got its own system. Like, before even college, right? Like, sports yeah. in the U.S. is crazy. High school is. basketball is the biggest. Yeah. In, in, yeah. in Canada, where I'm from, no. There's, like, two high schools. Uh, but where if you were in Toronto or something, I'm sure there's like a coach that people follow or like, you know, just that way. And then you have to get fed into the state somehow to be able to even be picked up into the NBA, usually from Canada or in fact, the only hockey would be the only one you really have to stay in Canada for. The other ones you have to probably go to the States. I'm in a big city and there are actually, yes, there's differences between the high schools for what sports you want to pursue and go there. And they're called academies. So, for oh, example, okay. yeah. the high school that I went to, you go there for the golf academy. The opposing, like, our rival high school, you went there for basketball, for basketball academy, and for hockey academy. Right. So, it was different 
for the big yes. high schools in the area. And then you could also go to like the arts ones that literally had like theater academy. Yeah, yeah, we have those too. Cardinal O'Hara High School has like Ref Academy, I guess, because like there's a shit ton. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that's why I asked. I'm like, when you're seven, you're like, be a ref with me. I want to be just, just like Tim Donahue. Yeah, no. So they, they'll, uh, the fact that there's so many from that one school, they'll see the young guys coming up and give them help. Nepotism. It is what it is. Yeah. So by the time Don, he's 23, not 24, he's noticed by the NBA supervisor for officials named Daryl Gerritsen. And this set him on track to ref for the CBA. Now the CBA was the Continental Basketball Association. And in the eighties, that was like the minor league for the NBA. We used to have a team in, in my, uh, in my hometown, a CBA team. Yeah. Yep, we used to have a CBA team for like four years. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Now it's it's like it still exists. It's not the CBA anymore. It's called like the G League. It's like a, it's just a feeder for anybody who's just not quite good enough for the NBA gets into the, like the minor league, and then you guys understand how minor league works, right? You get might get called up, but yeah, he's he's doing the CBA and at twenty three years old. That's that's fast. That's fast track for anyone for any profession, right? Like pretty much yeah. professional referee at that point. Um, he was the head official for the CBA All Star Game. In 1993, at 23 years old. Wow. Pretty successful dude. And then the next year, 1994, he, at the end of the year, he gets called to the big leagues, to the NBA. His first NBA game he officiated was on November 9th, 1994, doing a Houston game in Indiana. 24 years old. Some guys wait decades to get to this level. 40s, 50s, you know. Uh, he got his dream. Sometimes his dreams aren't enough, guys. And this is what Tim Donahue is going to prove. <laughs> 13 years he's an official, okay, in the NBA. He ref 792 games, including the NBA Finals. Some wow. of his games were rife with controversy, uh, like the fam- famous Malice in the Palace. Do you want, yeah, do you want me to, like, step in on there or no? Because like, that one Please. I love. I remember watching that as do a kid. It. I remember watching the Malice in the Palace. So, yeah, essentially um, the Pistons and the Pacers. Uh, Pistons are from Detroit. Pacers are from Indiana. Um, they were playing in Detroit, and their uh, stadium used to be called the Palace at Auburn Hills. Hence the rhyme, the Malice in the Palace. And essentially, these two teams had a lot of history. You go back the last two years in the playoffs, um, they just had really great seven-game series against each other. So there was a lot of bad blood. And essentially, at one point, like a fight broke out, and they kind of quashed it on the court. And then there was a fan of the Pistons who were NBA champions, I think, this year after it happened. They ended up winning the title. Oh, no, it was the year before. They were, so they were the reigning champions, and the Pistons fan threw a cup at Ron Artest, later named Meta World Peace. That's a different story for a different time. But, yeah, essentially he threw a cup, and Ron Artest crossed the threshold and went up and fucking beat the shit out of this dude. Like, like was like, oh, you throw the cup at me? And then just suckers him just like three or four times, and it just erupted into chaos from there. Couple of guys got oh. banned all season, or like you know, like there's 80 games in a season, and yeah, it just it was crazy. Celeste, show let me share a screen, and I'll show everyone. So the the basketball player went into the crowd and beat up the person in the crowd. That is that is part of it. That's that, that, <laughs> that's only I was trying to keep it short. That is literally so that's how part it started, of it. sort of. Yeah, there's a whole Netflix doc on it. Yeah. Wow. We can we can put this at times two speed and watch uh watch it happen in uh funny f- quickness. Oh please, let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> Just so you can understand, this guy was the one officiating, and the whole fucking crowd's fighting the Indiana Pacers. It's not just uh, Ron or Test; it's everyone's involved in this, wow. and it's people are rushing the fucking like let's let's 
because one guy threw a cup. Wow. Every day we make decisions. Yeah, sports dudes, eh? Like dudes, like bros, dude bros. Yeah, you you threw you threw a cup and like Ron Artest was a certifiable like dude at that point. What kind of cup was it? Parker activated the day on Carlos Delfino on the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. knee bruise. Then to the rack, lays it up. No, but we do have the whistle and a foul. Ben just went after our test. That's why. So that's Ron Artest right there. And Rasheed Wallace is a, is a hothead in the NBA as well, and that's who he's they're pushing with each other. Yeah, he's a badass, too. That's a bad dude. <laughs> uh, they're big men. These guys are big, scary dudes. Ron Artest lays down. He lays down laughing. He's laughing. He's laying down on the announcing table. It's a seven-minute video. I don't know if we should watch the whole thing. But you definitely have to see Ron Artest. I love that he's just he's laying chilling. back, watching the chaos he created. Yeah, he's, he's watching and yep. like mockingly sitting there. He's not just sitting; he's sitting there like Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Watching though, the drink comes soon. And they're not at their home advantage right now. They're out in Detroit. They're in fucking Detroit, and the Pacers are doing this. Wrong place. Detroit is known to be a psychopath city for their sports. All of sports. He put the announcer's headset on. Yeah, he went to talk to them for a bit. That's wild. Oh, there's the cup. Oh, there it was. Oh, he's holding him back. Back sitting down. It's not. It's not. He's back dead blue laying down. Rasheed Wallace is about to throw and he's pissed. He wants to kill. That's Ben. Ben, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. That's Rasheed. Rasheed, yeah. Oh, oh. oh, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. He's in the crowd. Oh, God. That's oh not only God. that's what I'm saying. It's not only run or test. It's a bunch of guys. Now and you're not home. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, oh the other no. teams on there in the crowd now too. Oh my God. Yep. This is the ugliest scene you'll ever see. Watch run or test now, because run or test crosses another line right now, like pretty soon. He's already crossed the line by jumping into the crowd. He's already done this on live TV. But watch what's about to happen with Ron Artest. Right now, he's like watching. Boom! Oh, jeez! Yo! He just punched the fucking fan who came down to be like, chill up, man. He wasn't even attacking him or anything. And that's that's like a close up of him. It's not in the chaos. That's like on the court. Yeah, just like right. right hook. I don't know. So the officials have no way to control this. I, from here, it just kind of like pales off into like more, like it's it's chaos. Like the reason they're calling it Mouse in the Palace, it's chaos for a while. Uh, people, it gets only if like the loudspeaker announcer starts getting like, the game has been called, please be peaceful. Like that's how it starts. And everyone, you can hear them freaking out. The wow. Pacers leave a little early. We could watch the rest if you guys really want. But really, it doesn't amount to anything. It's just back and forth being like, I can't believe this has been a hot basketball game like this. This has never happened before. That Um, punch was fucking brutal. That was a good one. That's a line. There's lines. Like, there's one thing to punch another basketball player. (laughs) But to hit its fan like that? No. Uh, I'm not going to get really much into the malice in the palace. I just want you guys to understand, Tim Donahue 
was the guy who was supposed to make that not happen. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're supposed was to calm he the down. Little that. guy holding them apart. Number twenty one. He's twenty. Ref twenty one. He was standing there watching for most of it. He didn't really do anything. The head official, I forget what his name was, was doing more. But he's supposed to be helping. I disagree that they said the officials can't do anything. Yeah, when it got to that point. Before that, you could have separated them. You could have put technical fouls. You could have been sending them to the bench. You could have been sending them back into the locker room far before anybody got anything chucked at them. You know what I mean? But like you could see when he was like laying down, you you could see his energy like seething up in him. And then it just took that one little thing and he fucking snapped. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And he was he was blacked out then. He was just poor. Oh. That yeah. punch gave me chills. Jesus Christ. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. So there's, that's one of the more controversial things that's happened uh, in Tim Donahue's career. And also there was another time where Rashid Wallace, one of the players that was actually there, uh, followed Donahue out into a parking lot after the game. Uh, Wallace wasn't happy about getting a technical foul and threatened to beat Donahue for giving it to him. So he, <laughs> <laughs> Rashid Wallace followed him out into a parking lot and threatened his life. Uh wow. yeah, so Wallace was caught doing that and suspended seven games, and it was huge news in the basketball That's silly. world. I mean, at that point, like, what is he going to do? Take it back? Can't he just kept <laughs> he just kept saying, "Read the rule book, man. Read the rule book." He's like, "I will fucking read the rule book with my fist in your face." Like that's what kind of an idiot Rasheed Wallace was. He's, uh... He was a controversial guy overall. But yeah, so I just want you to know, like, he was he- headlines before any of this a couple times in the past. All right, so uh, 1995. He marries his wife, Kimberly, and over the years, he became a father of four girls. During those 13 years, yeah, just has to be mentioned because later on his girls come into this. Uh, During 13 years refing, Donahue claims that everyone, officials and players, were betting on everything. Okay? Even though it clearly stated in their contract that they weren't allowed gambling of any kind. And when I say any kind, I mean not allowed gambling of any kind except... Horse racing when it's in your off season, but that's it. Nothing else. It's so fucking random. <laughs> it's still like that. The NFL. It's still like that. A couple of guys just got suspended. One guy was uh, had a torn ACL, and he suspended the first six games next year for betting on basketball while he was hurt with his torn ACL. Yeah, yeah so f- fucking <laughs> stupid. Trust me, if you want to find more of a pro gambling person, it's me. I think it's dumb, but sidebar over. I, I agree. That's <laughs> obviously if you're a ref in the NBA, you can't bet on NBA, but every other sport who gives a fuck anything. But yeah, yeah, exactly. anyways, yeah, they're not allowed to bet on any sports at all during that time. Uh, any, especially NBA refs didn't care though. Uh, they bet amongst themselves and on the road. Some of them even went to casinos because no one would know their faces. They just go. So they didn't really follow the rules that much, let's say. Also, they would make side bets, which I found kind of a fun, interesting thing. Like they would sit like with themselves. They would say like, oh, I'll give you a hundred bucks if this guy hits the half point, the three quarter, like the. Oh, that explains the malice. Somebody bet on that happening and I knew who it was. <laughs> could be. Honestly, it could be. Mm. Just they would bet little shit like that. Like if someone's going to fall off the roller skates, like if that roller skater guy, like for the halftime show, if somebody falls down, mm-hmm. each person that falls down, you only 25 bucks. Like dumb shit like that, which I think is harmless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's going to call the first foul of this game? Sure. bet. Let them bet amongst themselves. They're harmless to me. 50 bucks, dinner, whatever shit like that. Nothing crazy. Shaving points to make the spread. That's a little bit different. So, so he was caught shaving points. Okay. Basically like that shaving points on NBA. Now, how do you, uh, we'll tell you how this happens. It's a little bit complicated and it gets 
dangerous for him and complex. Like it's not an easy thing, like betting half on halftime, shaving points, being an NBA ref is fucking hard and weird. And how do you even do this? So uh, first it requires you to have some insider knowledge. Okay. And what I mean by insider knowledge is that sure. There's like a rule book in the NBA that all refs are supposed to follow, right? Stuff like insider knowledge would be like the stuff that people only really close to the game would be able to know about. Like according to Donahue, there's an unwritten rule book that the NBA management expects refs to follow. Like Donahue also says that NBA management wanted their star players to be treated more lightly with the rule book. So like people like, like people pay thousands of dollars to see Michael Jordan, you know, play and they don't want him to see him fouled out and ride the bench for the third, fourth quarter. Like that's the reason they came there. So you don't, don't call fouls on Michael Jordan. You know, he's claiming that NBA management's telling him to do this. And that's just some of like the insider knowledge he would have. Like they would know more subtle stuff, like which refs hated which players, you know, cause they'd all talk to each other or like which refs hated, which coaches or like which ref just hated specific teams. So you could like tell that as like a hint, like, Oh, who cares what the spread is? Fucking Tim Donahue, he hates the Detroit Pistons. So bet against the Pistons, no matter what, you know what I mean? He would also know shit like which players were secretly injured, you know, like which ones had like sore backs and stuff, but weren't reporting it out. They were just playing through it because it's the NBA finals. So he'd be able to know advantage that way. Insider knowledge. So put it simply, Tim would use his insider knowledge and inform his high school friends of who he thought was going to make the spread. All of his high school friends were gamblers, and one of them was actually a bookie. Serious bookie too, bookie for the mafia. Hundreds of thousand dollar bets, million dollar bets this guy would take. Uh, $500 bets as well, $1,000 bets. But I mean, he would take big bets too. So so let's let's go back a bit so I can explain this. So uh, there's a guy named John Can Cannon, Con Cannon. John Con Cannon. Uh, he's Tim's friend, but he's from high school. Okay. They live, I think they lived in the same neighborhood, from what I understand. Like they used to do shit, like play golf together. When he would call the house, like when Jack would call Tim's house, Tim's wife, like Kimberly, would always be like, Your boyfriend's calling. Like that's what kind of friends <laughs> these dudes were. They're dudes, 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 dudes. You know what I mean? So they would bet on sports that were not the NBA together. They would just Typical 90s dude friendship. You know what I mean? Mid-90s, 2000s, Con Cannon and Donahue would get together, make their predictions for the week. Since Donahue's contract said not to bet, he and Con Cannon would pool their bets and Con Cannon would go out and place the bets. Uh, And then at the end of the week, they'd square up whatever NFL, golf, whatever they're betting on, square up at the end of the week, up, down, whoever knows. A healthy betting relationship, if you ask me. And then slowly over time, the bets start getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the more fun they were having, the more money they were making. They just thought, hey, why not? Middle of their relationship, they're making $500 to $1,000 bets on games, which that's pretty high for me, but apparently that's low. Uh, I'm not a gambler. I don't know. As the addiction to gambling gets worse and worse, uh, Con Cannon starts to ask his NBA ref buddy for some NBA winners in 2003. He goes, hey, well, what do you think, man? Just tell me one. We'll do it. We'll be fine, right? We'll be good. And Donahue just thinks to himself, what the fuck? Let's do it, you know? So Donahue supplies him with three games and three winners based on his knowledge uh, of the refs who were refing, the players who were playing, and any other insider secrets he had. The next week, when they go to square up, Con Cannon is pumped because all three predictions were correct and they made way more money. And then he says to his buddy Donahue, like, that's pretty easy. Let's just do that. Why don't we do that more often? We're not losing any money. Fuck, we make shit tons. Let's do this. And they did many times. 
Uh, they start betting more and more. Con Cannon was placing bets uh, with another old friend of, from high school named Jimmy Baba Batista. His nickname was Baba, which, okay. His group of bookies, like he worked for a bunch of guys, and they called themselves the Animals. So Baba works for the Animals. So Baba knew Con Cannon's... Uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. They called him Baba. It's like a sheep. <laughs> so Baba started, like he would take their bets all the time. They would, uh, he knew Con Cannon's betting pattern, betting a nickel, which they called a nickel, which is 500 bucks. Okay. Uh, so when Con Cannon and Donahue start betting, uh, getting more and more games right, they start to up their bets to dimes, which is a thousand dollar bets. Uh, so Baba starts noticing the increase in bets, but decrease in losses. So Baba figures that Con Cannon must be betting Donahue games and starts to mimic their betting pattern. Instead of getting mad about it and calling him out on it, he goes, Well, you're going to bet a thousand. I'm going to bet 10,000, right? Ooh. So I know that guy's going to win because he's been winning so often. I'll win way more. Fucking make your bets. How much do you want to bet? Bet more. I'll bet more, you know? So all the bookies make a bunch of money. Donahue and Concana make a bunch of money, uh, but it's like separate. So until Baba has a falling out with his animal friends, the, the bookies. So Con Cannon, Con is dead because he doesn't have the money to back these giant bets these guys are making anymore. Con Cannon's out of a bookie. They kind of like, I guess we'll stop betting maybe. Baba says, fuck that. So I guess he was like the black sheep of the animals. He was. He got ousted <laughs> like the black sheep. I was waiting for that joke. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah. So Baba's like, fuck this noise. Yeah. I need to find, get to my like, Donahue, because I know he's the one providing some answers, and I need to get the scoop on some games so I can make some fucking money here. I know what the, I know what the scam here. I need to get to him. So now we had to introduce you to another guy, which a guy named Tommy Martino. Baba, the unemployed bookie, was friends with Tom, Tommy Martino, and more importantly, Martino was Donahue's best friend. So Baba knew he'd get to Donahue through Martino, so he goes right to his friend. Okay, sorry, Martino's a hilarious character to me because. He is day job as an IT guy for JP Morgan. Okay. That was his day job. Then he starts gambling. <laughs> IT guy for JP Morgan in 1994 is hilarious or whatever. 2001 is hilarious to me. Gets funnier with that guy, but just so you know, it's what his day job was. So Martino and Donahue were gangsters, but they just knew Baba who happened to bet with gangsters. So when Baba came up to Martino and says like, I want to, I want to meet with your friend Donahue. I guess Martino was probably a little intimidated thinking like, this is a gangster guy who wants to talk to my fucking NBA friend. I'm going to set this up. So he does. He wants to confront him at a restaurant or whatever. So they set up their meeting and for December 12th, 2006. Uh, Baba tells the two how much money he was making off of their old plan. Do you know how much money I was making, dummies? You guys could be making shit tons of money. Let's just do this betting thing again. But we'll get Con Cannon out of it. Martino can make the bets because I trust him more. And let's make some money. Donahue's like, fuck this. I'm not doing this because like it's super risky for my job. I was just having fun with my friend. So Baba sweetens the pot for him. And this is all according to Donahue, by the way, at the end. Like, who knows how this actually played out, but this is his story of it. So he goes, okay, I'll sweeten the pot for you. Every time you get a pick right, if you send me some picks, every time you get a pick right, I'll give you $2,000. Every time you get a pick wrong, nothing. So what's the loss for you? So it's not even gambling, really. It's just like, if I, I can just pick, guess, every time, and then I'll get $2,000, maybe. It's pretty good for him. Are, sorry, are refs, like, do they make decent money? 
I think when he was talking, he said with his investments, by the time he got fired, with his investments and all his other stuff going on, he was making $400,000 a year. He didn't need the money. He was just as a ref making $400,000. $400,000 a year. I yeah. So he said no. Yeah, they, they make really good money. In I feel like I definitely would have said anymore. no, considering you're risking your job. It's just, it's, I don't think it's about the money, though. I think it's about the fun of it, the risk of it, right? The, the like, danger. Like, I'm fucking badass. I was a starting pitcher, remember? You know, like, I think that's just part of his personality. Like, I'm so badass for doing this, you entry, know? Entry-level referees begin at $600 per game or roughly two hundred and fifty grand a year. Seasoned or professional referees earn up to $3,500 per game or up to $550,000 a year. Additional compensation could also be included should an official land a playoff game. They can earn between eight hundred and a thousand per game, and then five thousand per post game, post season game. Yeah, whoa, that's good money. And plus, you get like endorsement deals and shit too, right? Like you'll be, yeah. you're not going to get Nike shoes or anything, but you're going to get like the university library speaker talker guy. Being a ref sounds a lot easier than being an athlete, though. Like, why is yeah. everybody trying to be a ref? Hundred percent. So one a ref called Sean Corbin re- reportedly earns seven thousand dollars per game and twenty thousand twenty nine thousand dollars for each semi final or NBA final game that he refs. That is obscene. Yeah. Wow, they make it's ridiculous. Surgeons. Yep, but uh, professional sports. <laughs> That's a little bit more than I make per year as a casual nurse. I think the, <laughs> the highest paid NBA player makes like $44 million a year or something stupid like that. So like, Oh, gross. Uh, professional basketball is high, highly paid. One of the highest paid professions, if not high, I'm not sure baseball is higher, but basketball is fucking high. Do you, do your um, sports not have salary caps? They do. Depends on the sport. It depends on the sport. Baseball right. doesn't. But in basketball, you have, I think it's up to like 180 million, 160 million, and you only have 15 guys you have to have on your roster. And a lot of those guys are on smaller deals. So your max salary in the NBA for a vet right now is like 45, 46 million a year. That and like you can you can go over your cap and just go into like luxury tax. You just pay to have more money on your fucking. Which, yep. anyways, that's a different story oh. altogether. But you could just yeah, that's there is cap, but I mean. You can fuck around with it still too. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so Baba gives him a good, great deal. If you ask me, if you're betting, if you want to be a gambler, that's a pretty good deal for Baba. Two grand is nothing. He's betting tens of thousands of dollars. She doesn't give a shit for Donahue. Yeah. He's just giving picks, getting two grand. That's pretty nice. Donahue claims also that Baba threatened him and his family and his job. And that's why he told him the winners of the game. Like that's the only reason he did. He was never going to go with Baba's plan, but he threatened my life, which goes to your point, Celeste. Like maybe that, maybe it's true. Maybe that's why he did it. But Martino and Baba both disclaim this. They say, no, there was nobody getting threatened ever. And Martino, I don't believe Baba because he's a fucking dangerous guy, but Martino's just a fucking little dork. If you guys ever saw this guy, he's just a little dork. Like if he said he didn't get threatened, I believe him. You know, it's not like they're all buddies anymore. So the next day, after they make their strike their deal or he's threatened into his deal, Donahue's pick is correct. Oh, shocker. Yeah. After this, Baba claims that he's betting millions with Donahue's pick. Donahue's picks had a 79% win rate over the next year. I think I'd start, if I knew I was going to win 80% of the time, I think I would start gambling now. Like, I think that's, that would be when I'd start gambling. 
He's betting millions and paying the dude two two grand. I don't think Donahue really knows, or it's Donahue lying, and Donahue the whole time was betting side bets like more than what he's saying because. I think that's more the case. This guy's a liar, but this is the way to get off later on to not get so much jail time. Just say, I only made a little bit of money. The guy was making way more than me, you know, but I I don't believe he was just getting two grand. I totally believe he was betting elsewhere or whatever. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why the fuck would somebody risk that kind of job for something like this? I just, I don't get it, but I, I guess gambling's an addiction. There's never enough. For sure. That's part of it. It's the rush of it, right? Also, the power complex, like, he just seems like the type of guy, like, you, in sales training, for example, like, you'd have him, like, an A-quadrant guy, like, very much, like, I need to take control, it's what I say, what I say is real, and you gotta, like, hold up to that image, and so, you know, he lies about being a starting pitcher, he lies about being a, a star basketball player, like, it's always, you can see in his personality, for me anyways, it's always about the next, the, the one-up, the, how can I make myself seem better than what I actually am, and I think that alone is just from my take of what I know about this is what it seems like from him. It's it's a guy who, you know, had a great life by every account, but, you know, just kept telling himself he needed to be better and greater. For sure. And, and to make this work too, he was like, like I said, shaving points. Like he would foul, like call way more fouls on one team. If they had too many points, I had to fuck the spread up. So like he was, he was actively changing basketball games with his whistle. So that's a lot of power too. If you want to be that guy, right. Where you're like the big head honcho in the room, like, look what I could do. I can manipulate an entire professional sport. Cause like he would do it so often that whenever a Donahue game would be on, like this comes up later, but the spread, if they knew like an hour before that Donahue was the one refing, the spread would change by like two points. Cause they were like, this guy's going to fuck with the spread tonight for sure. So he was uh, affecting uh, Vegas odds. Like that's fucked. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> That's Dodge. Yeah. So while this is all going on in 2006, 2007, the FBI is investigating John Gotti and the Gambino crime family. Uh Oh, so during their investigation, the feds had wires everywhere, listening to every gangster they could. And one of those wires, they were hearing about how the mob had an NBA referee helping them bet on games. And, Pretty fucking quickly, they got the three names, Batista, Martino, and Donahue, all on wiretap. Uh, so the, F- <laughs> the FBI starts to investigate this lead, and they find out that our buddy Baba is moving a shit ton of money for the mafia. Agent Paul Harris headed up the investigation, and it was nicknamed Operation Flagrant Foul, which, come on, that's <laughs> fucking great. Come on, FBI, good job. I like that. I like when you name it after something <laughs> the game has. <laughs> I'll go flap that one. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. So Paul Harris interviews Baba and Martino and basically gives away that they had him dead to rights. Like, you guys are fucked. I know you're betting with your buddy. So before Donahue can get his sit down with Paul Harris, Baba and Martino call him and say, yo, the FBI just talked to us. So Donahue calls his lawyer right away and they make a decision that they'll just go in and confess. Donahue waits about a week and heads in to spill the beans. Uh, Donahue tells the FBI everything, but he also tells them that he wasn't the only one in on it. So the entire NBA as a whole was in part responsible, according to him. So the FBI starts to investigate. There's not just UK. So the FBI starts investigating a shit ton of refs and they find another dozen or so that were engaged in gambling, sports or otherwise. And they thought if Donahue was telling the truth and there were other people involved, they should find out. So once they had Donahue dead to rights, they were going to put a wire on him 
and send him back in to go catch other refs doing other very shady things. On June 22nd, 2007, the FBI has a meeting with David Stern, the NBA commissioner, to discuss their findings with Donahue. The FBI also tells Stern that they suspect that other referees might be in on the scandal. And after he tells them how many refs he had been gambling and so forth. So Harris is like, dude, look, I got your guys all gambling. Just we're going to try and investigate here. What's going on here. This doesn't look good for anybody. So Stern, first thing he does, David Stern, I'll give you all the help I can. Stern offers to get the NBA to review the videos of all the games, do analysis on the refing for lots of games. I'll give you whatever information you want, just whatever. So after the NBA does all the reviews, they come back to stir or to Harris with his with their report, and they didn't notice anything wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything seems up and up, you know. So six days after the FBI revelations, the NBA pens a 7.1 billion dollar deal with their TV networks to keep games playing on their channels. This is before anything's public. Six days after the FBI goes and confronts them about it. They forced the TNT <laughs> deal and an ESPN deal for $7.1 billion. Wow. Yeah. So the FBI was keeping it under wraps for a reason because they're going to send Donahue back in. So they didn't want it to go public yet. The NBA didn't want it to go public yet because they were in the midst of the contract negotiations. But once it goes public, this is going to be damaging. So let's get some pens signing some papers right today, right? Before anything mm-hmm. goes public. So while the FBI's wiring up our buddy Donahue on July 20th, 2007, there's a leak to the press. So the FBI was forced to cancel their undercover operation. David Stern does a press conference pertaining to the matter four days later on July 24th, 2007. David Stern, let's let's look at a little bit of a video of David Stern announcing this because I find it quite interesting that this guy just made a billion dollar deal the day a couple days before this fuck those tv networks would be pissed (laughs) it's crazy the difference between david stern and adam silver like the current gm is probably or you know commissioner greatest dude to run a lead but david stern like yeah was allowing this shit to happen it seemed like every year there was something going on Commissioner David Stern calls it the worst situation in the 40 years he's worked with the NBA, but he says he thinks the betting scandal that has rocked pro basketball begins and ends with one referee. I think I'm going to come back to the fact that I'm going to wait for this investigation to run its course because we think we have here a rogue, isolated... What a piece of shit. In his first public comment on the case of former ref Tim Donaghy, Stern said the There's league Donaghy. did not know an investigation was underway until the FBI called on June 20th, after the season was over. There's been some speculation that we knew that Donaghy was betting this season and nevertheless let him work. That's not true. A somber Stern took reporters' questions for nearly an hour at a news conference suffused with feelings of frustration and betrayal. Frustration at not having caught the referee, betrayal for the damage done to the game's reputation. This is not something that uh, is anything other than an act of betrayal of what we know in sports is a sacred trust. Stern says Donaghy will be accused of betting on NBA games and of passing I just want you guys to see him be like, I just want the investigation to clear. You fucking leaked it to the press so you don't lose $7 billion, you piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Good Lord. Yeah, so the July 20, 2007 media leak uh, of the FBI investigation and the allegation that was throughout the 2005 and 2006 
stick, sorry, 2005, 2006, and 2006, 2007 NBA seasons. A referee was gambling on games that he was officiating, shaving points. Donahue's name wasn't released until he turned himself into the FBI to confess. The FBI figures that between the years 2003 and 2007, Donahue, or Donahue bet on over 100 games. They discovered that in 2007, for 10 consecutive games that Donahue officiated, the point spread shifted one and a half points more before the game, the start of the game. So that means that a considerable amount of money must have been bet on these games. So like super lots of people knew. So Donahue claims that he only made $30,000 over the two years he was doing the scheme with Baba, which like we said, I doubt that he only made 10 games correct. Anyways, $30,000 seems very low for what you could have been making. August 15th. 2007, Donahue pleaded guilty to two federal counts of conspiracy. Uh, he also admitted to having a massive gambling addiction, and it was currently on medication to address it. What kind of medication is for gambling addiction? I didn't know there's medication <laughs> for that shit. Cocaine. Wouldn't it be like <laughs> antipsychotics, maybe, for impulse control? Oh, I guess so, yeah, impulse control. Maybe. Yeah, they use medication like um that they use for OCD. Okay. Because it's a compulsion to do it, so they use... um. OCD so, medication. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, something that would hold back his compulsions. Okay. Lobotomy uh, in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Cocaine's a good one too because you'd use all your money. You know what I mean? Yep. You wouldn't have any money to bet. You'd just be doing cocaine all the time. So he was released on a quarter million dollar bond. On June 11th, 2008, Donahue released a statement through his lawyer that several series in the NBA playoffs had been improperly refereed and he knew about it. So he's like, if I'm going down, you're coming with me, train. Who knew about it? No, he's he knew about it. He's like, he's he's blowing the lid off this whole thing. I'm gonna tell everyone everything. So like he says that like, some famous oh, games yeah. are rigged. Of course he knew about it. He was there. <laughs> David Stern went up there and said it's one guy. So he's like, fuck you, it was one guy. It's everybody. And yeah. here's my proof, right? So he alluded yeah. to the famous games being rigged uh, in the NBA and other refs, like game six of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Kings in 2002, where there are 21 free throws in the fourth quarter alone. Fucking Cole is just like, yep, <laughs> yep, I know exactly what you're talking about immediately. Yeah, it's it's super famous. Yeah. Like, if you watch the game, like, I went and watched the fourth quarter because after I said this, and then, like, things are getting called that don't even make sense. Like, it's weird watching a game that's being shaved points. Like, I bet you at the time people thought it was weird. But if you go back and you look at it, it's really weird. It's really bizarre to watch someone just call fouls in constantly, all the time, for nothing. Well, and even even then, like, Damn. they talked about in – I don't know if you watched the Netflix documentary on this. Um, but they oh. talked about there was one game with Allen Iverson uh, where he was calling a foul that was technically on the rule books, but, like, no one ever called and so, like, he got Allen Iverson with this, like, three times in the first half, put him in foul trouble. The Nuggets, who he was playing for, ended up losing. And that's just, yeah, one example of what they do. They take little things from the rule book or, you know, use their duties as an official to stretch the game, essentially. And yeah, so he he's trying to throw the whole NBA under the bus. But now that he's the bad guy, no one's, he's not credible. So no one's taking him seriously anyway. It probably would have taken down the NBA if people would have taken him seriously, honestly. Like, people would have been like, this is the most fixed shit of all time probably still true it probably has some truth to it honestly um after the controversy the nba did change a lot of rules for officials like there's stricter monitoring for refs and their calls uh upping fines for bad calls so you can get fined if you do a shitty call they loosen a few rules like now they allow gambling for refs except for sports betting so they can gamble they can go to play blackjack or whatever they can do any gambling not sports betting 
On July 29th, 2008, Donahue was sentenced to 15 months in prison and three years of supervised release. Damn. For, you think that's high for gambling? For like shaving points off and helping the mafia gain millions of dollars? Yeah. Yeah? I think it's kind of sad. I think they should just fire his ass and that's the end of it, really. Yeah, no, I I think that's high. Yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I definitely thought that's where it was going to end was that he just got fired. 15 months in prison and three years of what supervised yeah release yeah that i would agree that's that's more than what i thought he was gonna end up with he can't be within 100 feet of a basketball court (laughs) 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 he can never go watch a game in person ever again he's not allowed to have espn on his cable network yeah not allowed he's not allowed to open carry a basketball (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's got to like call the cops every time he's moving a basketball from one place to another. I'm going to be going down Journey Street with a basketball. <laughs> Would it be a whistle? I think the basketball wasn't the problem. <laughs> Kim divorces him while he's in jail, so that's fun. Come on, Kim. Thick and thin. For better, for worse, Kim. <laughs> that's true. She, oh, I never noticed him betting. You noticed him betting. Get the fuck out of here. You were getting like all these fancy fucking things around your house. Your house is beautiful. Like, see the inside of it. It's a fucking mansion. Like, come on, man. You didn't think he was getting extra money somewhere? Come on. You never had Baba over for dinner? No? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one that will forever get me is the unsuspecting wife and all of these. Like, because there's another one um, that actually involved the guys from uh, what you would call it Goodfellas, and they, they rigged basketball in Boston College in the 80s. Um, and it was the same thing with like all the wives. It was like, oh my god, I had no idea they were doing this, and I was just yeah, like, really, right. you didn't notice when a Joel. when a gambler all of a sudden had all this money, or like a college basketball player suddenly had hundred dollar bills on him. You were like, oh, that's normal. Yeah. No. Yeah. So Scott Foster is another ref. We were talking about him earlier. Some believe he's in on it, and he's still doing it to this day. Foster had has had so many controversial calls. And believe it or not, from Donahue's mouth, he is his best friend in the basketball league. So Scott Foster and Tim Donahue are like best friends. I thought Con Con Martino Martino is his best friend. Con Cannon's his buddy who hangs out with. Martino's his best friend since he was a kid. But Scott Foster is like his work best friend. You know, like the dude he loved to officiate with, and they chill out all the time. Okay. I only want to mention Scott. I want to slander Scott Foster. Right now, on purpose, like fuck you, Scott Foster, Please. the worst ref in history. Wait, sorry, who was the boyfriend then? The wife that was like your boyfriend's calling. I thought that was Con Cannon. That's Con Cannon, yes, and he was the one who was hanging out with him all the time, doing the sp- sports betting. Martino was just his best friend. He wasn't betting with him. It wasn't his betting buddy. Con Cannon just called a lot. I feel like if my wife is referring to somebody as my boyfriend, it's pro- it should be my best friend. Exactly, agreed. At my house, any guy that calls the house, my wife says, it's my boyfriend. Because every man that I talk to, I say I love them. And say it back. So, that's all. That's very healthy. Yeah, it is very healthy. Scott Foster, I just want to slander him today because he hates the Raptors. He always fucking fucks the Raptors and Fred Van Fleet. So, fuck you, uh, Scott Foster. You can go fuck yourself. You're a terrible ref. And I know you're gambling. And I hope you get fired for it. That's all. Uh, it's the only reason I mentioned Scott Foster because they're best friends and he's he's a piece of shit. Don't fuck with the Raptors. Yeah, shout out to Fred Van Fleet for actually calling him out on it too. That that's where that actually started up this year after that documentary came out. A lot of people were talking about it because like people players criticize refs, but no player ever went to like a press conference to say like "fuck you" to a specific ref. And Fred Van Fleet finally did that to Scott Foster, and it was uh, 
amazing. I loved it. Thirty thousand dollar fine for doing it. So worth every fucking penny. I hope. Well, for an NBA player, for sure. Go, yeah, yeah. For me, I'd be like, that's half my mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a couple things. Okay, the story of him is pretty much done. So shame points, whatever. But there's a couple more things we do have to talk about because it's fun. So in December 2017, Donahue is arrested again. Apparently, one of Donahue's daughters was hanging out with a friend. Tim hears that him and his daughter and the friend are going to do drugs. They're going to go smoke marijuana. Or maybe crack. I don't fucking know. They just said drugs. So he goes to the house where he suspects they're high. And when he gets there. Oh, it was in 100 feet of a basketball court. Fuck. Yep. That's how they get you. He and his daughter end up in an argument. The argument's going on. A man confronts Donaghy. Like, chill out, man. It's just like she's an adult. Let her get like, go home. Deal with it at home. Stop yelling at your daughter. Then Donaghy pulls out a hammer he had concealed. And then Donaghy starts threatening to hit the man if he gets any closer. So this guy came with a hammer. Donaghy calls the cops. And when the cops get there, Donaghy is arrested for aggravated assault. Charges are eventually dropped. So no more jail time for old Timmy. But I do find that interesting that he went to a place with a hammer. He's still fucking around. Why was he charged with aggravated assault if he just threatened him with a hammer? I don't know if you swung at him or anything, but that's what his charge was, aggravated. I don't know why either. I looked into it. It's literally one article, but I wanted to say it because the American justice. Well, he was system. following his daughter to her friend's house. What? How did he end up there? Yeah, he found out that she, they, his daughter was getting high. Apparently, he didn't know that for sure, and he went there to confront her about it. And like that never works. Your teenage daughter is not going to be like, "Yeah, okay, my dad's here. I gotta go." He's gonna go, "Fuck you, dad. I'll do what I want. I'm a teenager now." You know what I mean? Like they're, <laughs> they're gonna do that. What's the point? Just wait till she gets home. Like unless it's like a mm-hmm. like a heroin crack house situation like maybe you have to go in there and beat the fuck out of some crackheads but i don't think it's that i feel like it's just her smoking weed with her boyfriend or something and he didn't like her he didn't like that but the best that's not the last donaghy news that is donaghy news but the best donaghy news is from 2021 tim seems to have gotten back on his feet guys uh he debuted as a referee for minor league wrestling all right yeah, <laughs> love it. Got on MLW. His persona is a crooked ref. You know, he's the and they're using his real backstory. They're like, this guy went to jail for shaving points. He's gonna come here. He's got a gambling addiction. So if you got if you don't like this guy, if this guy doesn't like you, you're probably gonna lose. He's probably gambling on this. So they're just he's just taking his fucking loss and making it a win. Now he's just in there, 55 years old, I think, or 65. He's an older guy now. Refing fucking minor league wrestling. A heel referee. I love, love that. For yeah, him. I love that for him as well. What what happened to everybody else in this story? Because Tonagi wasn't the only person arrested here. What kind of wrestling? Is this like WWE or is this like actual wrestling? No, no, WWE for sure. Oh, like phony show wrestling. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope he makes it to like WWF. That'd be awesome if he like works his way back up and he's like the heel. I'm betting on this game, guys. Who do you got? I, I'd love that. I would love to see that. It'd be great. What happened to everybody else in this story? He's not the only one involved in this little gambling ring. So Con Cannon, Martino and Baba had a part in this. And I do know just a little bit about, he was, Donaghy is obviously the one who got all the headlines, but these guys, I got a little bit of what happened. So Con Cannon testified against Donaghy. At his trial, so he didn't get charged with anything. Good job, Con Cannon. That's your buddy. That's your husband. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Tommy Martino was sentenced to one year in prison for facilitating the transactions. So needless to say, Tommy Martino is no longer an IT guy for JP Morgan. Oh, no. As of 2015, he was in beauty school studying to become a hairstylist. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) 
just so random. Yeah. But if you see this guy, you're like, oh, it makes sense. He's gone from shaving points to shaving. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good, good thinking. That was a good one. <laughs> You need to go get your haircut from him, Richard, and review his salon. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. I just got to go to Philly at some point. Isn't Gatstop far from there? I think he's close enough. We'll make him go. Yeah, he can go. Oh, uh, sure. You know you know that he has his own fucking personal hairstylist <laughs> that takes care of these oh, oh, he's like, how do you know Tommy? He like, here's this episode. How do you know Tommy? Right, yeah, so how do you know? <laughs> he wouldn't let anyone touch his hair. Uh, oh, God, yeah, I, he's a different man. In March 2007, uh, Baba James Batista entered rehab for gambling and drug addictions. Uh, about a year after that, he's convicted for his involvement in the gambling ring and gets 15 months in prison. And that's pretty much our story today about the gambling. Awesome. Yeah. We haven't done gambling before, have we? Addiction? A gambling addiction? I don't yeah. think so. There you nope. go. What are we talking about OJ's murder? Come on, let's get real here. That's the ultimate sports crime story. It is. <laughs> like, wait, I know we've done it yeah. on the dicks, but I'm just saying, like, that would be cool. We yeah, could, uh... steal our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You reckon he bet on the side about? I bet you. Could... Do you reckon three like... slices? I'll get her head ten off. To... Yeah. yeah, ten to one. I'll get her head off in one go. Over under seven and a half puncture wounds. Uh, I was definitely over. <laughs> we even get like analysis now. Here, Tom, you see the problem with the punctures is is you want to be going for those vital artery areas. <laughs> He's going to too much soft dough area that's going to lead to a longer time of attack and a less likely chance of success. How dare you, Bob? Kim does not have any soft areas. Look at her. Yeah. She's gonna die, for sure. <laughs> oh, what's that? It's uh, it, it's Ron walking up the way with some glasses, and he stabbed 23 times. Shit, <laughs> alright. That was quick. I had Ron. I had Ron dying tonight. <laughs> the juice is still got it. I tell you, I won money back on him in the 70s, and here he is in the 90s, still coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Unethical Podcast. If you're not in the Facebook group, stop being such a silly goose and come find us at Unethical, the official Unethical Podcast group. If you find you just can't handle the anticipation until the next episode, then it's a great time to join our Patreon, where we have a ton of extra unethical content, and of course, our brother podcast, Private Dicks. And in case you didn't hear the good news, Private Dicks is now Public Dicks. Every two weeks, an episode of season one will drop wherever you eat your podcasts, and our lucky Patreon patrons are literally living in the future, listening to new episodes from season two. On the fence about it, have a listen to the trailer and see what you think. If you've got a case, big or small, give the private dicks a call. And yes, the phone number is real. Enjoy! Have you got a mystery that needs solving? Where is Amelia Earhart? We know. Who the hell was D.B. Cooper? Bah, easy. Bermuda Triangle? Probably solve that one next. Here at Private Dicks, we guarantee a mystery solved every episode. That's with a capital G. Every second Friday, the Private Dicks take a client, record their session, and solve the world's greatest mysteries. One by one. Private Dicks solve them, no problem. God, I love just crushing mysteries. Search up Private Dicks on your favorite podcatcher and you can solve a mystery too. The mystery of what's your favorite podcast?
It's Private Dicks. Another one solved. If you have a mystery to be solved, call 1-855-PRVTDIX. That's 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS. Call 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS and leave us the rundown of the case. Maybe the dicks will solve it. It's 855-PRIVATE-DICKS. Because I'm straight when it comes to humans, but fucking gay from old people.